This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. There's children, there's corn. Really nailed the title of the movie. It's Children of the Corn, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to this film is lit, the podcast where we're talking about movies that are based on books. On this week's episode, we're discussing the 1984 film based on the short story by Stephen King, Children of the Corn. Katie... Do we have, we don't have Guess Who this no, week, correct? No, Guess Who. No Guess Who. Do you want to sum up? Or are yeah, we gonna, I'll, let's su- sum up. I'll All right. sum up. Let's let Katie sum this up real quick. Go ahead, Katie. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Bert and Vicky, a couple whose marriage is on the rocks, are driving c- cross-country to California. While traveling through the cornfields of Nebraska, they accidentally hit a little boy, only to discover that he was already dead. His throat had been cut. They stop at the nearest town, Gatlin, to report the crime to the police. The town seems to be completely abandoned, except for the church. Bert finds records of births and deaths, which reveal that no one under the age of 19 lives in Gatlin. Soon after, they're accosted by a group of weapon-wielding children who drag off Vicky as Bert escapes into the cornfields. He later finds her corpse, and then then briefly comes face-to-face with he who walks behind the rose. All right. That was the short story summation. Uh, the movie, um, briefly, just very briefly, uh, Bert and Vicky, Bert's a doctor. He's got a new job in a new town. They're driving to the new job. Uh, they get sidetracked when they hit a child in the street who is bleeding. Uh, that kid was running away from some town full of people with kids. There's a little thing before the whole movie starts where all these adults get murdered in a diner. Uh, and it turns out the whole town, uh, these kids murdered all the adults in this whole town of Gatlin. Uh, so Bert and Vicky show up in this town trying to f- call somebody because they hit a kid with their car and he's died dead um, and they need help. And then uh, they start dealing with the, the odd children of this town looking around. Um, getting chased around, uh, Linda Hamilton gets crucified on a corn on corn, um, and then they end up ultimately escaping uh, by uh, Bert deconverts the town, um, <laughs> and then a bunch of them run away, uh, and they burn the cornfield down, destroying the the, the, the creature monster thing, uh, and they get away with the two kids who we saw from the beginning of the story. Um, and I can't remember their name, uh, and they live happily ever after the end, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, uh, that was Children of the Corn. Um, we're going to get into, we'll discuss our feelings on the film throughout the course of this episode, uh, and they may be slightly different, because I know how Katie felt about it, uh, yeah. and I, I will say I didn't feel entirely different, but little um so let's get into our first main segment though and let me ask you was that in the book nicholas flamel is the only known maker of the philosopher's stone the what honestly don't you two read all right so a lot of times with these short stories they uh, a lot of this stuff isn't in the book because yeah. how many pages was this one 30 like 30 pages yeah so you know uh, although to be fair not a lot happens in the movie that is also true. So that they could be a pre- it could if they had wanted to been a pretty close adaptation. I think um, now it probably won't be. You may hear a Roomba in the background occasionally. <laughs> I forgot that it was running. Uh, so if you hear some, it shouldn't be too loud. You may not hear it at all uh, once I edit this. But in case you do, that's our Roomba. Hopefully, it'll spend most of its time not near us. But right now, it's coming towards us. I can <laughs> hear it. It approaches. It's gonna start banging into our door trying to get in here. <laughs> um, key behind the rose. He who's 
guy walks behind the rest or whatever. He who smacks against he who, the doors. He who vacuums behind the doors. <laughs> <laughs> so what we call the Roomba. Um, anyways, so was that in the book? My first question, Katie. Uh, is there so that after everyone, when everyone gets murdered in the town, the the moment this happens, uh, when they kill all of the adults in the movie that we see. There's a little girl who's sick and has a fever at home, and she's one of the main characters. And now I believe this character is added from what I remember from the prequel, saying these two little kids are kind of additions for the movie in terms... Mm-hmm. There may be uh, parallels to them in the story, but they're kind of additions in terms of named main characters. Um, but as, she, as they're murdering everybody, she seems to have... And this happens numerous times. She has some weird s- s- fortune... T- not fortune... Um, sight ability that she can mm-hmm. see things happening. Uh, she, like, draws these pictures of what's happening or what's going to happen. Is that an element of the story? No. No? No. Um, no future telling little no girl. No future telling little girl drawing fever pictures. Uh, that was one of our tropelets for the, uh, oh, creepy, the kid. creepy kids was creepy uh, kids creepy drawing, kid drawing creepy pictures. Yeah. I actually thought that was kind of effective. I thought that was an, a, a, an interesting, since it is an addition, a little addition. I mean, it does, it's fine. It, yeah. You know, like you said, kids drawings can be creepy when they're, yeah when there's something that's like creepy. It's like, Oh, a little kid's style of drawing, but it's like a person crucified. Yeah. That's creepy. It's weird. <laughs> um, and it sort of applies to that, weird idea that fear that like one day you'll just see your kid drawing something and be like what it's just like your body dismembered and you're like what <laughs> what? what do i do about this <laughs> this is horrifying <laughs> all right but uh no creepy drawing girl no so our main two characters in the movie the adult characters are bert and vicky mm-hmm. and in the movie bert is a doctor who is heading to his new job in I don't know Seattle maybe they're, they mentioned yeah, Seattle they but I don't know if they're actually Seattle. going to Seattle or if they just keep mentioning it um, is Bert a doctor and is, are they traveling to his new job um, no no they're going to California to visit um, I think it was Vicky's brother in the book uh, Bert's profession isn't mentioned yeah. that I recall he does say something about having been a quote grunt in the war so at some point he was in the, was military, in the military, I guess. Soldier, yeah. Interesting. Um, story is set in 1976, so I, I would assume Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's interesting. I actually do like... So I guess I'll lay it out right here. I think this... I would be interested to see the remake. I hear the remake I don't think is particularly good. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot in this movie. I would almost also be interested, and I may read the short story to see if it applies or does any of the sim- similar things. I think this movie has a lot of potential, and I think it's actually has a lot going for it in terms of what it's doing, but it overall is not very good. Um, would be my sort of assessment of the film. I would lightly agree with that. So, like, my thing is that I actually think this is ripe for a remake because I think the elements of this are there to work. I think yeah. this movie just needed to move some things around. So I like Burt being a doctor because I like... So some of the themes this movie touches on that I thought were kind of well done and subtle-ish. Not, not all of them. Some of them he literally just yells at them in a crowd about religion. But um, there's definitely elements of religion versus uh, sort of science or irreligion yeah. um, and different sects of religions. And there's this also this... this uh, commentary on sort of people who live out like your uh, more ur- uh, rural mm-hmm. folk and your city folk which apparently Bert and Vicky are kind of more city folk to mm-hmm. some extent um you know we have that image or that's that scene in the very beginning where they well and I'm going to ask about it here in a second but anyways uh I think the the kind of themes that the movie is working at and it's sort of critiquing religion and um and, and but also critiquing Bert's character because he is a doctor. I think making mm-hmm. him a doctor and this learned man of science, um, it, it kind of gives him this arrogance that the movie then slaps down a little bit by having him feel like he's just that much smarter. And 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 I don't think the movie does a great job of illustrating this, but I think it's kind of what they were going for of him kind of feeling like he's just smarter and um, not worried about any of these people out here in the country initially. And that's kind of why they get into this hijinks to begin with is because he sort of isn't intimidated by any of these people. Like he thinks very little of them 
and that that can just deal with any of these people that they run into. And I think there's some interesting play there, and I think there's some mm-hmm. creepy things this movie could do. I just don't think it does a very good job of it. Anyways, um, we'll talk more about it. But I, I actually liked a lot of what this movie was trying to do, but just the execution of it does not. No. <laughs> does not land. Um, all right, so Bert's not a doctor. Uh, it, so there, it, I assume this is similar, that we there's this conservative religious... Um, children's society in mm-hmm. this town is that the, the, what's going on yeah, in the book the premise I, is music and drawing um outlawed um there's no like specific mention of that okay i mean it, the commentary on like conservative like hyper religious communities is that that that's still there definitely that's, an aspect yeah, of the book because that's an what, element what, you know the sort of the um the footloose thing of like you mm-hmm. know dancing and no you know Nothing of this world. We're all about, you know, sort of very pastoral, like only worried about God and that sort of thing. Um, And and they illustrate that in the movie by having like drawing and music be outlawed and that sort of stuff, which is an interesting idea. But that's not explicitly mentioned in the book, but it is the same sort of society that's going Mm -hmm. on. So it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine that that's the case. Um. So this line made me laugh, and I assume this probably isn't in the book. But as they're driving to through the Nebraskan countryside, uh, they a radio preacher comes on saying just horrible things, and they start making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And and Bert says, uh, "There's no room because the 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 preacher on the radio says like there's no room for homosexuals, there's no room for adult, whatever you know, yeah. just like sinners or whatever in his uh, in the preacher's uh, eyes and and." They kind of play off it, and Bert says, "Yeah, no room for college graduates, and no room for a person who watches public television." <laughs> kind of making fun of uh, rural America. Um, is that Sweet Heartland Dunk in the book? Uh, the radio broadcast is the, so hearing the preacher or yeah. whatever. Um, but they don't continue on making fun of it like they do in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, that line made me chuckle. Um, and again, I think it's I think this movie does a fairly okay job of setting up. And it's you know you, I I have I can have an issue with the sort of both sidesiness of it a little bit, but it does mm-hmm. a fairly good job of of sort of not just um, uh, of of critiquing both the super hyper religious uh, regressive society, but also um, Bert's complete dismissal and of and like um, complete othering of them initially. Yeah. Now he kind of changes and t- yeah. you know over the course of the movie a little bit, but. Um, anyways, I thought it was interesting. Is the town not on the map? Because um, they're driving and Gatlin isn't on their map. Right. It is on the map okay. in the book, but they say it's just a tiny little dot. Gotcha. And they have like a little debate about whether or not they'll, there'll even be a police station there. Right. Because it's so small on the map. Yeah. Uh, so they run over a bloody child in the street. Is that what happens in the book? Yes, that oh. is how the story starts. Is it the same? Do we know? Is it the same sort of idea where it was some kid running away and gets yeah. killed? Yeah, and, yeah, and gets his throat slit. And, and then wanders out into the street. Out into and, the street. Cool. All right. Um, is there a weird thing with directions? Is this town like a weird liminal space that like <laughs> sucks you into it no matter what you where you want to go they keep trying to drive to the other town uh, uh-huh. that i can't remember the name of that's uh, further away hemingford it's which is like 20 miles away but the and they keep going the not the direction that the signs the signs keep saying gatlin this way and yeah. they keep going the other way but then they keep looping around somehow and ending up back closer yeah. to gatlin does that happen in the book is that that sort of weird inescapable <laughs> uh no there's no weird thing with the signs they just the go to Gatlin. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, well, they don't meet, um, like, the old, the old mechanic, uh, mechanic guy, guy is not in the book. Um, and I think, like, there's no Hemingford. Yeah. Um, they mention another t- town called Grand Island, but say it's, like, 70 miles away. Yeah. So Gatlin is literally, like, the only thing on the map. Gotcha. For quite a while. See, that makes way more sense to me, too, in terms of... Now, where the movie ends is because they just have to walk somewhere. But that makes way more sense to me if it's the only place and they can't go anywhere else. Now, yeah. the movie route goes around that by by tries to play it both ways because they want something to be close enough that at the end of the movie they can just walk to this other town or whatever. Right. But also they don't want they want them to have to go to Gatlin. 
Because yeah. if this town's 20 miles away, you would just drive there. Like, you yeah. would just go to, the, like, oh, because especially because the mechanic mentions don't go to Catlin, basically. Right. So, yeah, you would just drive to this other town. But then they try to drive to this other town, but they're kind of forced to go to Gatlin, which is kind of weird. Um, it kind of makes more sense to me if they just have to go there. Like, yeah. if they just, it's the only place around, they have no other option. It also feels yeah, like it helps like motivate. It's, yeah, it's the only place around, and they don't, like, before they get there, they don't have any reason any to trepidation. think that it's going to be... Weird. Like weird or dangerous. Yeah. See, that makes a lot of sense too. I, I think that all makes way more sense um, in terms of a setup because it uh, it also helps motivate all of them just like walking around trying to find somebody in this mm-hmm. town. Because in our movie, in the movie, the whole time we're like, stop wandering into these clearly abandoned buildings. Yeah. Just drive to the next town. Like, I know you tried to once and you failed, but try again, maybe. There's nothing here. There's something wrong here. Just go somewhere else. But in if they ha- can't go anywhere else, literally, right. because it's like forever away, they don't have enough gas or whatever, then sure. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways. Um... Do, this is a weird thing. The kids can like teleport in the movie. Basically, it seems like I mean they don't they don't see them teleporting, but they just mm-hmm. do like the horror movie thing of like these kids are like every like they just show up yeah. and they're just like all of a sudden they're behind you and then they're in another and I'm like wait so they have some sort of abilities? Is there any sort of implication of that or do they just seem like normal kids? Uh, they just seem to be pretty normal kids i think they mostly do in the movie as well yeah i think it's mainly this scene with the mechanic where they kill the mechanic that's yeah. like where it seems like they're kind of everywhere. everywhere yeah and then but like nowhere and like they like it's very strange the way that scene plays out i don't think it's particularly well directed as well Mm-mm. like because like i think they felt like maybe maybe that was a pickup and they needed a, a death there because we never see them on camera together right. the mechanic is like walking, looking, and hearing stuff, and then the kids are in uh, separate shots, kind of looming out of the shadows. Yeah. But it's never at the same time. Like we never see one shot with everybody in it, or even him and a kid in it. And I yeah. wonder if it's like some weird editing pickup thing they did to like add an extra death in the first act of the movie or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a little strange, and I don't think super effective. But I didn't think adding the mechanic was effective at all. No. So no, it didn't do a lot for me. Um, all right. Uh, the blue man, is that a part of their mythos? They have a crucified cop, uh, that they call the blue man. (coughs) Um, Bert does come across the remains, uh, the crucified remains of both the cop and the preacher. Oh, which the the preacher's not in the movie. Mm -mm, It's just the cop, or at least we never see the preacher. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, And then at the end, the kids do refer to them as the blue man and the false minister. Ah, yeah. See, the false minister is not particularly mentioned in the movie, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Um, Okay, so uh, the blue man is part of their, like, weird religious cult that they've started. Um, He who walks behind the rose... That is what they call their deity. That's what they call their god or whatever. Yeah. Okay, because that's what they call it in the movie. It's an interesting. It's interesting. I wasn't expecting. That's one of the other things I like about this, which makes sense for Stephen King. But the weird sort of f- feels fleshed out mythos. Yeah. Realistic feeling religion that has spawned amongst these kids. It feels realistic enough mm-hmm. to be kind of like. To be effective as a as a, a sort of um, parallel for you know any sort of pick your generic um, actual exist existing religion or whatever, yeah. uh, it feels like a fleshed out, believable enough. It it's, it feels like Stephen King took enough time to sort of come up with the history of, or you know mm-hmm. the mythos of this. That, and I like, too, that the movie doesn't really explain a lot of it. It's just yeah. kind of you feel that it's there. You feel like they have like this blue man that they talk about and he who walks behind the rose. And it, it feels good. It feels effective. It feels fleshed out to where I buy sort of this weird cult. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like enjoyed about the movie was that it one had that feeling of being fleshed out, but also didn't over explain everything. Like, yeah. in a way that I thought worked mostly. Like, I didn't feel like I needed a bunch more explanation. I have some questions just to see if the book has anything more. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really need a bunch more explanation. That's another thing I kind of liked about the movie. Does the doctor continue... Does Bert continuously just make the worst decisions 
uh, of like going into random buildings and when he hears a door slam and like a knife drag across concrete he like runs to investigate that that doesn't specifically happen but it you know that's the kind of thing that this idiot gets up to in the first act of this movie this movie truly has like some of the worst case of no what are you doing stop Um, is that a big a big element of the book did you feel that way reading the book of like what are you doing oh no because I felt that constantly in the movie um Kind of. kind of. It's definitely not to the level that it is yeah. in the movie. So obviously the story is a lot shorter. Yeah. Too. Um, there's not just just not as much like running around, running around and, and continuously like, getting into terrible and, situations. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely like a similar dynamic of like Vicky's like we should we go, should go. <laughs> and Bert's like let me check every building even though oh, the town okay. is so clearly that, abandoned. So that is pulled from the book then because yeah. that is that that was a thing that's that dynamic of um, that I thought I thought again was interesting. Uh, I, I think potentially also kind of an interesting commentary on <laughs> masculinity and that yeah. sort of thing of. Uh, of of Bert just like no I'm gonna f- uh, oh wait maybe there's somebody over here let's go I'm gonna go look around over here and try this phone that this eighth phone over here to see if it works and Vicky is just like can we just leave what are we doing and it's you know it's intention it's infuriating to watch but I think partially intent definitely intentionally yeah to some extent but uh it is interesting to hear that that is from the book to you know mm-hmm. to uh, at least to some extent. Because it, then it definitely feels like it was an intentional choice uh, uh, that they made sure to keep in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, okay, uh, the weird, creepy blue Jesus on the wall. Not that I mean, I, there there could be. I'm just wondering if there's a description of like them defacing old religious iconography in the town. Um, because that's what there's a shot in the movie and of they go into like the city hall or yeah, the, there's something, a couple different. There's a couple, like, but there's yeah. one in early that I that you see that is a Jesus painting that they've like painted the face blue and put weird eyes on it's really yeah. creepy it's like it's really creepy. creepy um there aren't any like defaced pictures like there are yeah. in the movie um there is a pretty creepy description of a portrait like a massive portrait that one of the kids painted of what I have dubbed corn Jesus corn Jesus um and I I have that in a later segment um, but it was I thought it was pretty creepy okay. in the book. Maybe that's supposed to be corn Jesus in the painting. Maybe. All right. Uh, is Vicky uh, eventually crucif- caught and crucified? And now she's not she's basically just strapped to some corn husks yeah. in the shape of a crust. They don't you know, they don't run nails through her or anything. Um, but is she strapped hung up on a on a corn crucifix? Um, the book mentions that she's tied to a crossbar. Okay. When he finds her, but it doesn't specifically say if it's made of corn. Right. And it doesn't also necessarily say, like, because um, in the movie, she gets put up and then taken back down. Yeah. By them before yeah. he ever gets to her. Yeah. Because when he rescues her at the end, she's, like, grabbed by Malachi or whatever. She, like, yeah. Malachi's just holding her. Because at that point, they had crucified Isaac, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. Um, uh, <laughs> this scene... <laughs> This scene in the movie. We had to rewind this and watch this twice. There's a scene. uh, Bert is running and hiding from Malachi. They're chasing him around the town. This is after he gets stabbed in the chest Uh um, by the girl in the church. Uh, And he's running and hiding around the town. Like, he's hiding in a building. And Malachi sees him through a window. And then comes in. And Bert's hiding. And he, like, hits Malachi in the shin. And the cap... Mm -hmm. Or... Uh, he knocks him to the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Malachi's out of commission for a minute, and then Bert turns around to run away and immediately walks face first into a metal yeah. pole and like knocks himself silly. It's like the movie very briefly becomes like a Looney Tunes yeah. sketch. Yeah, and I was like, what? Ju- <laughs> what just happened? What was that? The take that happened? Did that happen in the movie? And they were like, you know what? We're keeping it. I like it. It's guys so. quirky because it's so strange and I was not prepared for it. And I laughed and you were like in the middle of your notes and I started laughing out loud and I was like, yeah, you got to watch this. And I backed it up and you were like, wait, what? Uh, so I'm assuming that doesn't happen in the book. No, he doesn't clang no. his head. And so- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, it's so strange. It is so weird. Um, this is really interesting. I like this element in the movie. So Isaac is the one who's been running this kid cult 
for yeah. a while, maybe yeah, since the beginning. The yeah, for sure since the beginning in the movie because yeah. he's like the leader of the cult. Uh, he's the, in the beginning uh, before the credits or whatever. He's the in the hat yeah, looking so through the window. I, yeah, Isaac in the movie. Isaac is like he's the leader, and Malachi's like his, his muscle. Yeah, like kind his, of. Yeah, because because Isaac's very small. Um, yes. And Malachi's older and bigger or whatever. Um, and so, but in the movie, uh, eventually Isaac is, they don't like the uh, Malachi sort of starts a a, uh, a sect, a separatist sect within yeah. the cult that decides they don't like the way Isaac's running things. And they're like, you know what? You're out. Fuck you. And then they crucify him. Yeah. And I thought that was great. And again, a kind of an interesting commentary on on religion and, and that sort of thing. Does that happen in the movie or in the book? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Isaac and Malachi are just mentioned at the end oh, okay. of the story. Um, we don't get to know the kids in the same way gotcha. that we do in the movie. We're most so in the book. It's probably mostly just hanging out with Bert and Vicky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it seems like Isaac plays like the same role, like a leader slash prophet kind of right. a role. Um, and the only thing that we see Malachi really do is uh, at the very end, he accepts his fate of dying because he's 19 or 18 or oh, okay which doesn't happen in the movie Mm-mm. he's not that old yet it's amos or whatever is yeah. a character who does that who's yeah. turned 19 and is ready to die um so okay let's talk about he who walks behind the cornrows uh the rose what is it he who walks behind he who walks behind the, the rose. rose um in the movie i don't know this was i was not ready for this <laughs> i was not this either. thing shows up and it's the, the the part that's kind of interesting is I guess one my question is how does this thing manifest? Does it seemingly exist in the book? And if so, how does it manifest? Because in the movie we have several it clearly exists and we have mm-hmm. several manifestations of it in this like the 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 ground like a thing tunneling under the ground. Yeah. Um and then also this weird electric yellowy red poorly done seat i mean it's whatever 1984 they could have done i think they could have done a better job on this at the time um this weird like energy that Uh like does stuff at one point in the movie it explodinates malachi and And then explodinates isaac isaac while he's while he's crucified and the cross flies through the air in the silliest looking like a firework it's so strange (laughs) Um, so I guess my question, and this is what, this could be an interesting thing about whether or not I like this more in the movie or not. Mm -hmm. Um, one, does the, does he who walks behind the rose seem to actually exist in the universe of the book and how does it manifest if so? Yes. It does seem to exist. Okay. Um, and there are a couple different, um, mentions of it. Um, one of kind of one of the first clues that we get that this thing actually exists and it's not something that the kids just like made whole up. cloth yeah. made up um, is that Bert goes into the corn and he suddenly realizes that he's in the middle of this corn and it's all perfect and they're like there are no bugs yeah there's no like mice or vermin he can't hear a single crow yeah. and he's like. This is fucking weird. This is weird, yeah. Um, and then later, uh, right before, um, spoiler, Bert and Vicky die. Oh, in the that's book. a twist. Uh, but right before he dies, he's in the corn, um, and he sees something huge bulking up in the sky, something green with terrible red eyes. Okay, that's not. That's kind of what they're going for. Yeah, I feel like that's what they were going for. Because there's like weird swirly energy in the sky, and at the end when it explodes, there's a face like which is kind of yeah, kind of a face like. Um, at one point, isn't it like a red beam of light? Yeah, well, there's a red beam of light when they after they start burning all the corn. There's like a red beam of light, and then it explodes, and then it like in the smoke. There's like a face looking thing yeah. it's kind of it's like the coolest part of this effect. again it's not great looking but of this what they do here at the end with sort of the energy stuff it's kind of the most interesting um okay so it does clearly exist you know what i i think you could make an argument that this movie is sci-fi is yeah. it to, seems to me because i felt a little bit like this watching the movie that this is supposed to be maybe potentially supposed to be like some alien thing that like crashed in their cornfields Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like this thing that they then that that's causing issues, and they're like, they like feed it corn or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't feed it corn, but um, 
that somehow there's like this weird symbiotic relationship between these kids and this this a- alien thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, it needs the no adults around because they'll figure it out and kill. Like I could see it as a kind of an interesting sci-fi story. Like yeah. that. Like you yeah. could make the argument that it maybe is because we again we don't get a lot of explanation of what's actually going on, um, which I liked. But so it does actually exist because that's the other thought that I thought would be interesting from a commentary standpoint is if the thing actually doesn't exist. Like if there's nothing happening, it's just these kids began this, created this like one kid or whatever started this religion and you know, but that I can see that, but that's also been done in stories. Like that's not particularly new or interesting. So this, I I don't hate the way they did it uh, in the story of it actually existing. Um, all right. I only had a couple more here. Uh, does (laughs) Murphy, Does Bert monologue about how religion without love and compassion is a lie? He does not. He does not. Because that's, boy, that scene. Was a little uh, on the nose. A little on the nose of our main. A little bit. Of our main character just runs into the circle of the kids and monologues about how regressive their religion is. Yeah. And about how they need love and peace, man. And then a bunch of the kids are like, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) We're going to run away now. We're going to run away now. (laughs) Like one comp one that that guy Bert needs to become a fucking speaker like right? a public speaker he can he can really do some good in the world he just has like one five minute speech and converts an entire town, um, uh, you know but yeah it's so yeah he he goes on about religion and how theirs is messed up because it kill they kill people and blah 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 and that sort of thing um that then you said that's not in the book no not in the book okay that makes sense because that's a little. A little, little rough. It's a little rough. A little bit. Is the corn sentient? Um, it's implied <laughs> at one point that the corn may have been like quote unquote leading him to the clearing where he sees the the crucified corpses and then is himself caught. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't like physically wrap around his legs. So he doesn't get hentied by corn. He does not in get the book. hentied by corn. Okay. Cool, because <laughs> he gets hentied by corn in the movie, which was I was not expecting. Uh, and then, uh, so we spoiled this, but in the movie, they live happily ever after and adopt a couple children of the corn and just go mm-hmm. wah, wah, go live their life. Uh, yep, they it, they're like, okay, let's let's walk to, to, Hemingford. to Hemingford. The yep, end. The end. Uh, <laughs> does that happen in the book? Well, oh, no, I know it doesn't. Oh, no, so they, they die. die. Okay. They die. Um, they die, and he who walks behind the rose was well pleased. There you go. <laughs> the sort of that classic downer, and you know yeah. that classic like uh, that's kind of like what happens in like The Wicker Man, yeah. Where it's like, yep, doesn't escape the cult. The cult murders him, and the harvest was bountiful <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, all right, move, moving on. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, probably. I wonder why they made that change. I guess. I guess maybe back in the 80s, that was more of a, like, because nowadays it's pretty commonplace for a horror movie to end on a to end on just note. everybody dying yeah. in the end. It's not like, that's not like a outlandish thing to happen mm-hmm. um, to the point where sometimes it's it's almost more subversive to not do that. Um, but at this point, I think maybe it's just more of traditional, like the studios would think like, yeah. you need somebody, to, our heroes to survive yeah. or whatever. Um, so, okay. No happy ending in the book. Of course not. That was all I had for was that in the book. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, expanded lore of this universe and lost in adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. Worlds are lost. Yes. Yes. And I want to get unlost as soon as possible. And there may not be any more about the expanded lore of this universe, <laughs> but I just wanted to know, is there any more in the book on the startup of this weird cult? Is there any more on what he who walks behind the rose is or any of that? Do we get any more explanation? Uh, the movie definitely has more of this. Okay, I figured yeah, that Yeah, like I, I mentioned that we don't spend a lot of time with the kids. Right. Um, a lot of the, the, like the first, maybe even a little bit more than half of the short story is them like wandering around the town and trying to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like an army of kids shows up. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's pretty much all downhill from there yeah. for our protagonists. Um, so in the book, uh, Bert explores the church Yeah. and he finds records of births and deaths and he uses the dates to, 
uh, kind of surmise what's going on. Yeah, that kind of happens in the movie a little. There's a like little that bit, scene in yeah. the church where he sees the yeah. birth death dates and it's like, what? Why? Okay. Um, and then at the end, there's a really brief scene with just the children where we learn who Isaac is and that he's the leader um, and that they sacrifice themselves to corn Jesus. Um, previously, when they turn 19, but then at the very end, Isaac is like, actually, I talked to he who walks behind the rose and he wants us to change that to 18. So, you guys, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I figured is that the, we wouldn't be any more explanation of that. And honestly, like I said, watching the movie, I didn't want or need any more explanation mm-hmm. of their sort of weird cult. I think leaving it. Yeah. Leaving it a little vague, more, but, yeah. but still feeling fleshed out was a great idea. And again, that's why I think the bones of this movie and this story could really work as a good creepy horror movie. I, this is one of those ones that I have to keep in mind when somebody says, like, what's something that you think deserves a remake? Now, this has one, but right. I've also heard that it's not very good, I think. So. Right. I think, no, I think you're right. I think we need a good, like, solid remake yeah. of this. Go back and re- rework everything, kind of. Uh, change some elements to be more similar to the book in terms of, like, there's nothing else around. They have to go to this town. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea I had that I thought would be interesting in the movie that they could have changed that would have just helped... Um, a little bit with the like, what are we? What is this? These idiotic characters doing? Is if they find the little girl that's in the there's the boy and the girl who mm-hmm. are like want to escape from the cult or whatever. Um, if they find that little girl very early upon getting to this town, yeah. like if it's the only place around, and then when they get there, they immediately find this girl, and she's like the only one they find for a while, and they're like trying to figure out what to do about this like eight-year-old girl that they just found so now they can't just like leave right. you know what i mean yeah so now they have an added motivation of like well we we're here not only can we not just leave because there's nothing around but we also now we need to figure out what to do with this eight-year-old girl and so they're like looking around trying to find some you know what i mean like yeah that to me helps motivate some of yeah that would make sense their actions a little bit more um but anyways uh okay so that was all i had for lost in adaptation we're going to get on to your segments and talk about what was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. All right. So um, a couple like kind of overarching elements and things. Uh, Vicky in the book has a background of uh, her parents were really into like religious like culty shit. Oh, okay. Um so they would like drag her to see like traveling preachers and yeah. like healing men and oh, stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So she really has this like like a very much a distaste for religion in yeah. general. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was more like kind of an interesting element. Um give her cuz she's like a cardboard cut She's out just there. in the movie. Yeah. She's just there. She, we don't know anything about her. No, we know her. nothing about her. Bert's we know that Bert's a doctor. doctor. But we don't know much about him we either, But uh, yeah. Yeah, other than he's a doctor. But at least he gets that much. Yeah, yeah. we know Vicky nothing about Vicky is her. just she with the long shorts. Yeah. That's like her most... <laughs> yeah, true. And it's Linda, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, uh, yeah. You fleshing her out a little bit and giving her more to work with would be a definitely yeah. a good call. Yeah. For sure. And the movie's short. You could add a lot to this movie without oh, yeah. adding a bunch of time. Like, you could make this an hour and 45-minute movie instead of an hour and 30-minute movie mm-hmm. and flesh out some of that stuff and uh, without, like, overloading, you know, without making mm-hmm. it, like, a bulky, like, two-hour-long movie or anything like that. So, um, I preferred the way that the book did the Jesus portrait, Corn Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it was creepy in the movie, or at least like I thought that initial that, one was when he was one. painted the later blue. Ones the are the a later silly. ones were kind of silly. Where they have like magazine eyeballs yeah. cut out and taped over the yeah yeah. Uh, but in the book, he goes into the church, which they didn't do this in the movie. Um, it is the Grace Baptist Church in the book, but uh, when he gets there, he sees that the children have like torn those letters down, oh. and they're just like all strewn all over the yard. Yeah, in front I didn't of remember the church. seeing that. I think the sign was still intact. Um, yeah, the sign the was still intact. Uh, but he he goes in, and um, back behind the pulpit, they've done this portrait, and it like, covers the whole wall up yeah. behind the church. So it's huge. Hmm. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read the yeah. description of it. Yeah. Um, 
The Christ was grinning, vulpine. His eyes were wide and staring. In each of the wide pupils, someone was drowning in a lake of fire. But the oddest thing was that this Christ had green hair, hair which on closer examination revealed itself to be a twining mass of early summer corn. Corn Jesus. Yeah. No, that would be really, because if it's the whole wall, that could be some really creepy imagery in yeah. the movie. If you had this giant face on the wall of this church with weird green yeah. hair. And now I think that one we see did Is, have green hair. I maybe. think it did. Maybe. I think that's maybe like their nod to that yeah. potentially. Um, and like, but like the thing that gets me is like the idea of it grinning, because whenever you see a portrait of Jesus, it's like a very solemn, you yeah. know, yeah, like he's never yeah, smiling. Yeah. Like, and to me, like that, like spooks me. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. That 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 image of it of of that weird, like a green haired Jesus, like smiling with a big, like almost like Joker. Grin. Yeah, yeah, really creepy. Yeah, it would have been really creepy. And again, they kind of alluded to that in that one shot, which is mm -hmm. it is creepy, but a huge one would be. I would be interested to see if maybe the remake that they did make has that. That mm -hmm. would be one of those things that you feel like they're like, oh, what a missed opportunity. Let's make sure we include that. So. Cool. Um, and then going off of that, I think the movie definitely goes more pagan with the kid's cult. You think? I think they do. I yeah. Don't think but so. the kid carves a pentagram into true, his chest. True, 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 true. To me, it very felt, very clearly felt overall um, very monotheistic, like uh, Christiany. Uh, I mean, there's crucifixes. There's yeah. The, um, the, 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 there's one God. It's He who walked behind the shadows. There. Um, and, and, and it, and it alludes to a lot of sort of, um, like, you know, um, uh, what are the, uh, like uh, the people who live uh, Amish type of like yeah. imagery, especially yeah. Malachi or Isaac with his hat and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, and his bad but haircut. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, I think because here I'm comparing it to the book. Fair enough. Um, so to me, the movie was a little more pagan. Um, and the book's take was like kind of old world pagan, but it was definitely more mingled with like cruel Old Testament Christianity. Yeah. Like he who walks behind the rose in the book, I think, is more implied to be some version of Christ. Yeah. Than than maybe what the movie does with it. I felt see I I, I yeah again without because I'm not comparing I that that's very much how I read the movie was as as a a a a, a, a perversion of Christianity type mm -hmm. of thing um, as opposed to like a pagan thing. Now there are elements that they definitely pulled in that were sort of like pagany type thing. Yeah. You know, like you said the pentagram like or whatever. The pentagram and the blood uh, although we could argue that is like catholic right yeah so i overall i didn't feel that a lot but i was kind of looking out for that mm -hmm. um and to me i think it mostly read again monotheistic deistic christianity type type of thing yeah but, i think there were just more like little details here and there in the short yeah. story like it's mentioned um when he goes into the church that they've torn the Bible in half and yeah. the new Testament is gone, but they kept the old Testament. Uh, um, and like th this only comes up briefly in the movie. I think you would maybe blink and miss it, but they all change their names to like weird old Testament names. Like all the kids yeah. did. Well, I mean, in the movie, all the kids on, have yeah. those names. I mean, like Isaac and Malachi and Amos yeah. or whatever, or Abel or whatever that kid's name is. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you don't know that they change them. You don't see it's that. It's on the scroll, right. like really, really briefly. Right. But in the in the book, it's more like implicit that they all had kind of like, quote unquote, normal names. Right. And then they take on like the strangest gotcha. Old Testament names they could find. Yeah. Um, because in the movie, you could just assume that those were their names. Right. And right. I thought it that was what, what the movie was doing right. at the beginning. You're because, right. That's what like, I assumed. I thought Malachi was already called. Yeah. Malachi. That's definitely what I assumed. Because that's how the kid refers to him. Gotcha. But I that I have thoughts about that whole like first scene. Okay. Um, uh, this has always also been going on a lot longer in the book than it's been uh, three years in the movie. It's been three years in the movie. It's been twelve hmm. in the book, and it's mentioned at the end that Isaac was not the one who started the cult, but that he took over. When the, other one, when the other one aged out, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's been, and it's been long enough that like like one some of the older girls are pregnant, and they've had like they've ha had new kids now uh -huh. who have only known this cult. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, I really feel like in theory I should like the extra stuff with the kids and like the expanded background that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But to me, I felt like it kind of ruined the slow burn reveal of like Bert figuring out what's going on. Oh, in with the having town. that setting, with having the the murdering of all the yeah. adults in the beginning. I agree. I think this would be a much more effective creepy movie without that. Yes. Be if we just build up to figuring out with Bert and, yeah. and Vicky what's going on. Here. And then like the kids' voiceover in that first scene, like to me was like so tonally dissonant from like what was happening. I'm wondering. <laughs> To me, that also felt like maybe that was a a, a second round, second yeah. go round. Uh, people wanted some more explanation at the beginning, or something. You know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. some sort of notes of like, well, what, what? So we just they end up in this town with nobody in it, and then there's kids that murder people. What? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and like some studio exec didn't couldn't wrap their head around it, so they were like, well, fine, we'll we'll show well, how this all yeah. started at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe. we'll do a flashback at the beginning yeah. so that everyone understands. Right. It's not that hard to understand. No, it's I, I agree that that could have been better to not have that there. Yeah. Um, that was all I wanted to talk about. All right. Uh, let's go and talk about uh, stuff that's better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Um. Okay, I have two things here. Uh, in the book, Bert and Vicky, they're already married, and their marriage is, like, super on the rocks, so they're just constantly fighting mm-hmm. the whole time, and I felt like that was maybe an element we didn't necessarily need. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked that in the movie, they weren't just constantly arguing with each other. Yeah. There's uh, the, a little bit of The movie was conflict, already but... tedious enough, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I also thought the movie maybe had... Uh, I'll say more deliberate commentary on religion and yeah. cults, um, which is interesting. Yeah. I think that they maybe could have done it a little less ham-fisted at times. At times. I think there are elements of it, especially at the end, yeah. like we said, that are a little on the nose. And yeah. Just, uh, with literally our main character running into the circle of them being like, this is bad religion. Be good religion. It's yeah. like, okay, great. Not that there's not commentary in the short story, because I, I think... Just by virtue of it being about right. what it is, is commentary. Yeah. But it did seem like the short story was maybe a little more focused on, I'm going to tell a creepy story now. Yeah. Whereas the movie had more of a, like, a let's comment yeah. kind yeah. of an angle. Yeah. 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 I think, again, that's why I think the bones of this really good. I think they could do cool stuff if, if it was just handled better. Yeah. Uh, and and the commentary could be really poignant and, and, and incite, or, uh incisive if is that the right word i'm looking for whatever doesn't matter <laughs> continuing go ahead uh we're gonna move on to the movie oh all right that actually. was it for better in the movie just a few things uh let's talk about what the movie nailed as i expected practically perfect in every way uh the radio broadcast oh with the preacher yeah um although i don't know if the I didn't feel like it was happened this way in the movie. In the book, um, we get the implication that the radio broadcast is coming from the, the children. Oh, yeah. No, that's in the movie. It very clearly sounds like an adult. Yeah, because they so. talk about like they hear it and they turn it off. And then Bert's like, boy, that preacher sounded a little young. And mm. that's where we find about out about Vicky's background. She's like, well, actually, yeah. they do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. See, that would have been interesting. Yeah, they, 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 I wish they would have included that. But they, they, they at least have. The, yeah, they have the radio broadcast, and it's uh, a lot of the same lines. It's yeah. not like word for word, but it's a lot of the same stuff. Uh, there is a creepy redheaded kid. Oh yeah, the, gin, the yeah, evil ginger. The evil ginger. Um, it's not Malachi because uh, Bert kills him. Um, kind of early ish. Gotcha. Uh, but they do talk about like. A redheaded kid. So I was like, all right. There you go. I see you, movie. You picked that up. One of them is redheaded. Yep. Check. Uh, and then the kids adopting the weird Old Testament names yeah. after starting their cult. Malachi and Isaac. Yeah. And Which is something or, uh, that technically the movie nails. Yeah. Technically. They don't quite ex- as explicitly make yeah. that clear that they did yeah, that. that they, yeah, they, but they have this. They names. chose new names for themselves. Yeah. yeah. 
Is that uh, it? Yep, that's it. All right, let's move on to some odds and ends before we get to our final verdict. I had a few things I want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. One, when they run over that kid in the beginning, how hard is it to not breathe for three <laughs> seconds in a freaking shot? This happens so much in the movies we watch for Good, Bad, or Bad, Bad, and stuff that, like, m- movies with, that are not particularly well done, so many times we'll have a dead body and that body will... That you'll, be, right. you'll have a shot for three seconds and that body will be breathing. I Well, I think the difference... I think you hit the nail kind of on the head. It's like a good movie versus a not particularly right. good movie. Right. Because with if it's a good movie, then everybody cares about the production and there's value. There's four redundant yeah. people making sure there's a yeah. supervisor and a you know the director. So like, I'm sure it happens in good movies. Like right. if you look at the footage, you can see there are pictures or there are frames where that person right. is breathing, but they don't include them or they reshoot. They're or, like, okay, we yeah. have to do it again. Hold your fucking breath. Yeah. It just, it, it's like, especially when there's such a short sh- shot, like I get it, you know, occasionally like, you, you know, occasionally you might see it in like, in like a scene in game of Thrones where like, somebody's body is laying there for like an entire 10 minute scene mm-hmm. in the, you know, like, like when they're standing around talking around like, uh, Tywin's corpse yeah. or whatever, like laying on, laying in state or whatever. And like, okay, maybe one shot sneaks in there where they're breathing a little bit. Okay. But like, cause, cause you had a million shots, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in those, they may be dummies. I don't even know. Like, yeah, I, I assume it's them. It would just be easier. I would think, but um, but in this, these movies, there's one shot of a dead body close up <laughs> and the breathing for three. It's like, okay, great. It just drives me crazy. At least I'm, I think I feel like I'm more willing to forgive it when it's a kid, though. Fair enough. It's a little kid. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. It's still still infuriating. No, I get it. I get it. <sighs> Um, can we talk about the dragon portrait? Yeah, I have a note what about that. Was that. What was that? That <laughs> whole part, it makes no sense. So Bert literally is going through City Hall. He leaves, yeah. he leaves Linda Hamilton uh, like an idiot and just says, yeah. here, stay with this little girl. I'm going to go look through City Hall and see if I can find a phone or somebody or whatever. So he goes there and then he finds a p- painting mm-hmm. of a dragon breathing fire on a on like a princess Yeah, is what it looks like. And he's looking at this, and in this moment, he realizes, oh, no. He's like, wait. This place isn't safe. Vicky's in danger. And he, like, we hear edited in the sound of Vicky yeah. saying help, or I don't even know. I don't remember exactly what. And then he sprints away to go f- save her. And it's like this weird, it's literally just felt like the screenwriter was like, we need him to leave so that she can get taken. Yeah. But then we need him to come back to try to find her. And I don't want to figure out a way to make that happen in any way that makes sense. So I'm just going to write, he leaves her. And then if five minutes later, write, he realizes he shouldn't have left her and comes back. And that's what we're going to do. It's yeah. so weird. It's so weird. And I I think I even would have liked it more if they hadn't put the dragon picture yeah. in there. Because it seems like, it makes it seem like that's the, the thing. The thing that triggers his yeah. reaction. But like, out of everything that he's seeing, yeah, that would least, not be the thing. That's what I mean. It's the least. <laughs> it's of, the least concerning he, thing. He walks past a terrifying, defaced blue alien Jesus on the wall. Yeah. And it's like. Look at this kid's painting of a, a fairy tale dragon breathing fire on a princess. Clearly, something's gone awry in this town. <laughs> what? You walk through. There's All corn everywhere. All of the everywhere. phone lines have been cut. All of the phone lines are cut. There's just corn husks everywhere for some reason, and some random kid. I did not get that at all. Yeah. And it was the weirdest choice in that because it, it it just felt like. What is this? Is there something deleted that this is supposed to like? It makes no sense. It makes I don't no know, sense. Man. It makes no sense. Um, this movie, like I said earlier, is also truly an indictment of idiotic men refusing to listen to their rational female counterparts. Because yeah. <laughs> Vicky spends so much of this movie going, "We should leave." We There's should another leave. town we leave. twenty miles There's away. Twenty miles. Let's, we let's just, just go. Let's go. And then Bert's like, "Ooh, I think I saw a door move." <laughs> 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 and she's like, "Can we?" Oh my god. 
This movie was just bored the absolute. I know. Stick yeah, out of you me. said that. It didn't. I thought me. it was so boring and so tedious. Like I have, um, I have several notes in here throughout. Uh, this is super fucking tedious. Oh my god, this movie is so boring. <laughs> um, what the fuck are they possibly going to do for another forty minutes? <laughs> Uh, at one point, Bert says, things aren't happening fast enough. And I just wrote, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so bored I, watching this. It's funny. I, you know, I didn't I, I wasn't riveted, but I did. I was interested enough that it, I didn't find it boring because I wanted to know more. And I, it drew me in enough and I was interested enough to know. I wanted to know what was going on and what, how what was going to happen. But it wasn't particularly thrilling mm. like i i could see somebody watching it and being bored that totally makes sense to me i did i wasn't super bored but i it doesn't surprise me that you were or that anybody would be i thought it was boring and they killed the dog so i didn't like that yeah they do it's off camera at least yeah but uh yeah the, the, yeah, the dog dies yeah the mechanics um, dog this movie also i uh, had in my opinion, the audacity to try to reference The Shining. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, there, she shut, slams the door shut, and then they chop an axe through the door yeah. right by her face. I was like, oh, interesting choice. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I feel like when you're making a horror movie, really anything, I feel like you shouldn't have that kind of reference in there because you've just now invited the comparison. Yeah, yeah. Don't ref don't 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 reference masterpieces. Don't reference a masterpiece. Don't of bring the, that down of on the yourself. Genre. Yeah, it's not a great idea generally, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, The Shining. Oh, that's a yeah. better movie. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a much better movie. Uh, which we will do eventually because it yeah, is. Yeah, it is a book. A it's book. just a long book. Yeah. Um, another thing I have a note about. So. Uh, they kill the. My only other note's about the end of the movie, so. Okay. I just wanted to. They kill the mechanic. Yeah. Right. Uh, Malachi kills the mechanic, and then Isaac's mad at him about it mm-hmm. because he's like, uh, we needed his fuel or yeah. whatever, which or whatever. I don't know that they could still get the fuel. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe they need him to order it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Malachi says something like, but we can make our own now. And I'm like, do you expect me to believe that these kids figured out how to make like corn based ethanol? ethanol? Yeah, apparently so, because I think that's what does this movie expect me to swallow that? Though? I think it does. I think it does, because I think that's partially what's going on with all the like the 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 at the end when they burn everything down. I think that machinery that they use to pump uh, alcohol or yeah. ethanol or whatever out into the field is because these kids have somehow created uh, a, a, a distilling process to, or what, maybe not distilling might not be the right word, but whatever to create, yeah, like corn based ethanol to fuel. They're, they're, they're uh. the true green <laughs> hybrid. They're powering all their hybrid uh, vehicles. Oh with my god. Corn based ethanol. Yeah, it was interesting. Interesting choice. Because, yeah, they seem to be not capable of that. I wouldn't think so. They're all just kind of seem like dumb kids. Yeah. Who like. Who want to be like uh, in a cult for some reason. Yeah, it's very strange. Because you would think if kids started a cult, it would be like the most fun cult ever. Right. Like they'd be like, we're just going to play all the time. Right. No, it's the opposite. No playing. Right. No playing. <laughs> no, playing no games. No music. Yeah. Die when you're 18. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other notes before we talk about the uh, No, let's talk about the end. So the end of this movie is wow. nutty bonkers. <laughs> the end of this movie is, so they burn the cornfield down, destroy the monster. Yeah. Woohoo. Great. Grats. And a lot of the kids like run off. And yeah. We most don't of them see run them away. Again. Yeah. Um, um, Isaac seems to like become possessed by yeah. he who walks behind the rose and then kind of disappears. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would assume like burns up. Yeah. 
Well, I know he's well. Spoilers: He's in one of the sequels. Oh, there's oh, a okay. there's one called like Children of the Corn Six Six Six: The Return of Isaac or something Jesus. like that. Yeah. So uh, I assume he like they they're playing on. Oh, he didn't actually die there. Anyways, um, so that all happens, and they run away, and they get to their car, mm-hmm. and they're gonna try to drive to their car, which has been filled full of corn. Filled full of corn because of course it has, and they're gonna drive with the two little kids that mm-hmm. we met at the beginning uh, to Hemingford or whatever. And they get in the car, and he goes to start the car, and the 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 girl... The girl with the hair. With the hair. I can't remember her name. She was, like, in the church earlier yeah. who stabbed him with the knife. Yeah, um, she's, like, a ringleader, yeah. kind she's of. She's, like, one of the... Maybe the preacher. Well, she's, yeah. like, one of the higher-level people. Um, and she pops up. She was hiding in the car. She pops up out of the back mm-hmm. and go, goes at him. And he jumps out of the car, and she comes out after him, and he literally... <laughs> Just slams the door in her face and knocks her unconscious with the car door, which is already hilarious. He just bonks her with a car door and she falls unconscious into the front seat. And then literally they just shut the door and go, well, I guess we just leave her here and we'll just walk. And then they walk out of the shot and the credits roll. Yeah. And it's the weirdest thing. What the fuck? It's so silly. It's such a weird because it's a common thing in a horror movie is you get your extra little stinger of, oh, you thought you yeah. were safe, but you're not. Oh, there's one more monster or whatever. But the way this movie handles it is it's so. <laughs> and then like Linda Hamilton has like a great line where she's like, I, we'll send her a postcard from Seattle, yeah. a get well card from Seattle. They're like, <laughs> they literally go. say like, she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. She'll be fine. We'll just leave her here and we'll just walk the 19 miles to Hemingford or whatever. It's. So weird and like oddly comical, but not really. Yeah. And, and then literally the credits roll on screen as they're standing there. It's like the movie couldn't be over fast enough after that. They were like, wow, that was just roll the credits. I don't even know what that was. Just roll the credits. It's just like the end. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. The end. Of, they don't stick the landing for Mm-mm. sure. I don't stick much of it. But um, again, uh, anyways, so yeah, that was all we had for the odds and ends. Katie, let's get to your final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. Oh, it's going to be the, the book. Yeah, that makes sense. I This movie, while I agree with you that maybe there's some like... Uh, bones that we could work with yeah. here if it was remade like and if you got a good team of writers yeah and a good director yeah um and a good like uh like the the art person department? yes the art department yeah um so that we to could create a, a, a town and yes. a setting that's adequately creepy and, yes yeah. um and i think that this could be a really good like slow burn, yeah. um, creepy down in the pit of your stomach yeah. movie mm-hmm. because the short story is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what this movie gave us was tedious mm. and at times boring, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, and at times unintentionally hilarious mm-hmm. and not particularly scary. No. So it's the book. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking when you're saying that it would be really interesting to do to read how to how to remake this. That would be really interesting is to not make a feature length film for mm. some because I think you could do this on a pretty low budget. Yes, you could. Um, it would be to do a 30 minute or 40 minute short film, not have it called Children of the Corn mm-hmm. and 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 put it out into the world without really explaining what it is. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have it have some other name. I don't even know what. Like you could call it like whatever the name of the town is. Don't call it Gatlin. People would know. But whatever the name of the town is, do you, you know, mm-hmm. it's just that. That's just a one word title. It's the name of the town. But you don't know what it is. Um, and we you chop off completely the opening of this movie where the, we see the kids murder oh, everybody. Yeah. And we just start with Vicky and them or, you know, our main characters going to this town and then slowly build up. To and basically, eventually, by the end, people are like, "Wait a second, this is Children of the Corn," <laughs> but like really creepy and effectively done. I think it could make yeah. a really cool short film because I think that's the other thing is that that would be 
have the best thing going for it is if you don't know what you're getting into. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you're marketing a movie, a full-length feature film, and you're remaking Children of the Corn, everybody immediately knows what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not surprising anybody. But a short film that didn't necessarily need the marketing could be interesting. So if you're if you're a filmmaker out there, student filmmaker, anything like that, and you're looking for a project, make a short film, Children of the Corn. Don't tell anybody what it is, and then just put it out into the world. Again, pretty easy to shoot budget-wise, I think. Yeah. You could do some interesting stuff that I think wouldn't be super hard. Now, you have to uh, yeah, find kids to work with, which is a nightmare. But. <laughs> um, but, it, but you definitely don't have to have, like... Great actors. You, oh. you know, well, yeah. I think the kids don't have to be particularly great actors. No. Mostly, they're just standing around. Right. If, if you do it like it is in the story, mostly what they do is chase you with, like, I mean, farm yeah. weapons. Yeah. So I, You could probably find high school kids that would... You yeah, know, like 13, yeah. 14 year olds would be down to, yeah. you know, run around. I, I think it would be an interesting project. I feel like the hardest part might be the abandoned town. Right. But I don't know if you are if you can go find somewhere out, you know, in just a rural area to shoot where, um, yeah, it would be I the mean, hardest like, part for sure. You would have to already have something like that nearby. Otherise right. you would have to pay to travel. Right, travel, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would definitely be the hardest part. And you part. don't need, you absolutely do not need to do any of the special effects that they do no, with, like, the monster. No. No, I'm better off way, without. Your way, yeah, uh, less is more yeah. in that regard, I think. Um, uh, yeah, and you can even do some subtle stuff if you want CG-wise with the sky or whatever mm-hmm. to kind of create that. That, But anyways, yeah, I think, it, yeah. yeah, the town would be the toughest part, but you could even fake that mostly, I think, if you just mm-hmm. did it, shot around it in the right way uh, and then have most of your climax take place on a farm or You know what I yeah. mean? Because filming on a farm would not right. be like a corn, that would yeah. not be hard to do. Um, yeah, anyways. I was think and like take a page from like the first half of uh, Signs, yeah, where it's just a lot of like creepy nighttime shots of like corn rustling, right? Yeah, and like did something just move in the corn? Right. Oh God, the scariest thing that ever happened in any movie ever uh, is that the shot from Signs. Well, it's actually the 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 camera shot from Signs, oh, the in phone the video. Stop. The scariest thing Stop. that's ever happened in any movie ever is that scene where Joaquin Phoenix is sitting in the closet staring at a little television and they're showing the, the security footage on the, on the phone or whatever and then the thing just walks past the camera. I, I don't think I've ever had my heart jump so far out of my throat as yeah. I've been watching that scene. Anyways, we're way off track here. This <laughs> is getting into other corn-based movies. Um, but anyways, so yes, the book is better. Uh, 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 rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, anywhere. I don't know if we're even on Stitcher technically anymore. We might be, but it might not be updating. I don't know. But iTunes, anywhere you download us, go do give us a do us a favor. Rate and review us on any of those uh, platforms where you listen to us. You can also follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, all those good things. Katie, what's up next? Shoot, what is up? Next? <laughs> Put her on the spot. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. Up next, we are taking a hard turn into a totally different genre. And we are going to talk about the young adult romance to all the boys I've loved before. Oh, is which that a is movie? A, it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Oh, so I you didn't can watch know it on it. Netflix. There you go. To all the boys I've loved before. I was unaware that we. I didn't know we were doing that one. So that's a yeah hard hard swing. Yeah. What are we doing for Halloween? Do uh, we want to spoil Halloween, it yet? For um, Halloween, we're to. gonna do scary stories to tell in the dark. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Is it is that out in theaters yet? Or does it, it is. come out for Halloween? Is it still gonna be out? Well, it won't Are be, we gonna in be able theaters, okay. but... We Are we going to be able to get it? Hopefully. I think so. I guess it goes from... I'm just I hoping there's like... not... A, there's Sometimes there's a lag between when something leaves the theaters and when it's available to purchase, you know what I mean? Okay, well... We'll see. We'll we have to double check. It at ho- if we can't get it in two months... I think... Yeah, no, they'll have it out for Halloween for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, never we'll mind. We'll think of something else. Nah, that'll work. It'll be but... out for Halloween. There's no way they wouldn't have that out. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Scary Tories Tell in the Dark. Look forward to that one for Halloween, uh, which I heard the movie is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, cool. That's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, guys, gals, I'm Binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome.